Hello and welcome to All Indians Matter. I am Ashraf Engineer. July is National Cleft and Craniofacial Awareness and Prevention Month, but few know about it. Every year, hundreds of thousands of babies, children, teens and adults are affected by cleft and craniofacial conditions. In India, it is estimated that more than 35,000 children are born with clefts every year. Children with untreated clefts face difficulty in eating, breathing, hearing and speaking, greatly affecting their ability to thrive. Many of them go untreated when it can be corrected. All Indians matter. We have on the show Dr. B Krishnamurthy, Smile Train Project Director at Bhagwan Mahavir Jain Hospital Bangalore. Dr. Krishnamurthy is an oral and maxillofacial surgeon associated with Smile Train for over 16 years. The Smile Train team at Bhagwan Mahavir Jain Hospital headed by him has conducted more than 8000 free cleft lip and palate surgeries in just 10 years. He has performed over 45000 such surgeries in the past two decades. Smile Train empowers local medical professionals with training, funding and resources to provide free cleft surgery and comprehensive cleft care to children globally. They advance a sustainable solution and a scalable global health model for cleft treatment, drastically improving children's lives, including their ability to eat, breathe, speak and ultimately thrive. In the last 20 years, Smile Train has supported safe and quality cleft treatment for more than 1.5 million children and 30,000 cleft training opportunities for medical professionals in more than 90 countries through a network of more than 1100 partner hospitals welcome to the show dr krishnamurthy thank you very much for having me here thank you dr krishnamurthy what exactly is cleft and why does it happen so uh, cleft is basically a, a birth difference which means when a baby is born uh, it is having uh, a slightly different structure on the lip inside the mouth as compared to uh, somebody who doesn't have that so this is something that uh, develops when the baby is growing in the mother's womb uh, all uh, the body uh, organs and parts are formed initially in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy and if uh, there is a wrong signal in the program basically the genetic programming that allows uh, uh, the the fetus to grow inside the mother's womb if, if there is a wrong signal there uh, they may be born with these differences doctor what is the prevalence in india and how does that compare to the rest of the world so um, it is estimated that in this country for every 700 children being born alive one of them will have either the cleft of the lip or the palate or cleft lip and palate both Uh, there is some amount of um, divergence in this prevalence rates around the world uh, the highest being among the chinese uh, populations where it is 1 in 500 and the lowest being among the africans where it's about 1 in 3000 the caucasian race has very similar prevalence as we have in about 1 in 700 to 800 live births right and uh, is the prevalence higher in certain socio economic groups it is estimated once again that uh, uh it is much more common in the lower socio economic groups uh and since uh, we are a, a low middle income country and we have a large segment of our population coming in this socio economic group uh it is possible that the n- total number of cases that we have may be quite high yeah what about geographical concentration is is it more prevalent in certain geographical areas of india or is it an even spread it it's quite an even spread there is not not much of a difference Uh, between rural and urban north and south it's more or less the same right 
while there has been a national conversation about various ailments you know diarrhea malaria typhoid of course covid now there has never been one on cleft why is that uh, so uh, for many many years this has been a low priority area for uh, the uh, the public sector for the simple reason that they thought they had much bigger problem to sort out some of them you did mention you know malnutrition diarrhea these cost millions of deaths in a year and then there were also uh, adult problems like cancer and so on so even amongst birth differences there were life threatening conditions like uh, uh, anomalies of the heart or that of the uh, feeding tubes like the esophagus etc so the public sector which provided uh, healthcare to many of our people uh, did not have the time or the resources or the energy to concentrate on this and therefore it was uh, uh, in the back burner for very many decades after we got our independence yeah i read somewhere that there isn't enough data about it either and this too is creating problems in managing the condition could you elaborate on that what is the link between data and helping to manage the condition uh, uh, so if 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 someone has to realize the magnitude of the problem data becomes important i'll just give you an example so we spoke about uh, this incident being one in 700 live births every uh, uh, in various parts of the country that translates into a humongous 35000 newborns that have this cleft of the lip or palate every year in this country and if you imagine uh, going backwards a few decades ago if only about 10 or 20% of them at the most 25% of them were being treated so every year we had a backlog or pile up of cases which ran into of many thousands like 20 or 25000 a year and by the time uh, uh, attention was cast on this we had literally millions of children who had also grown up without being treated so uh, knowing the numbers knowing the magnitude of the problem knowing what are the issues involved makes it makes people understand the severity of the problem as well as uh, looking for probable solutions to handle that as well Absolutely, and uh, I also read that there are several superstitions around cleft. Could you elaborate on that too? Yeah. So uh, since this is something that uh, a baby is born with, you must remember that in any household anywhere in the world, a new baby being born is something uh, a, a joyful occasion. But when you have something that's different on your face or your mouth, you are unable to feed your baby. That that turns out to be quite a bit of a tragedy. uh you know uh, very unexpected in most instances and therefore uh, you need to find a scapegoat and all these superstitions are just a scapegoat the most common one that uh, we have is uh, uh, linked to the lunar eclipse and it is said that if a pregnant woman walks out and watches the moon during a lunar eclipse uh, she would get a cleft in fact in some languages in our country like uh, uh, the telugu language the name for cleft lip is related to the eclipse itself right uh, and what are the difficulties that those with cleft lip uh, and cleft lip and palate conditions experience uh, so also please just elaborate not just on the medical issues but also on the social ones if you can yeah so medically uh, like i already mentioned when the baby is born uh, the baby can't suckle the mother's breast that's a big problem and then obviously there is a very Uh, significant difference in the appearance of the child and when the child starts speaking it will never be normal if the cleft palate is not repaired these are the significant uh, issues swallowing uh, speaking and the appearance that, that those are medical but in terms of social it, it can be a very significant stigma 
Uh, one of the things that happen is rejection of the child. So, uh, however, uh, however drastic it might sound, sometimes the the dad is upset that the child that born is uh, uh, is like this and uh, says that this is not my child. Uh, mothers uh, are sent back, and oftentimes uh, the mothers face the blame for it. You know, even even if uh, they are not rejected, they face the blame from the rest of the family, uh, saying that you produced a child that uh, is not normal. And sometimes it is taken as a curse. So the kind of trauma that the mother and the child, particularly, and the parents in general, have to face not only from the family but also from the neighborhood is severe. Oftentimes, the mothers refuse to take the child uh, from the hospital if the kid is born in the hospital because they don't want to take the child home with this kind of a deformity. Because face is something that all of us look at uh, when you when we see a person and such a very glaringly obvious. Uh, difference on the face uh, is very noticeable and leads to all these kinds of social stigmata. Absolutely, and and uh, the psychological impact as the child is growing up through school, and then of course as they try and go out and make a life for themselves. Yeah, this is again both the question of the appearance and the speech. So because they look different, uh, you know, children being children, uh, uh, you know, they they make fun of them, and these children grow up as introverts who don't have friends, who find it difficult to uh, become adjusted to the society. And if, if there is a defective speech that is associated with it, you start going to the school and nobody is able to understand what you're saying, you naturally tend to clam up because you don't want to be ridiculed. And it can be quite a miserable kind of life. Oftentimes, you will find that they're hidden from the society, you know, because nobody wants to interact with them and they don't like being part of that society where they're ridiculed and made fun of. Yeah. Right. So, doctor, what is the treatment? How do you deal with this? Yeah. So, as soon as the child is born, the most important thing that we need to make sure of is to uh, teach the mother how to feed the baby. And natural breastfeeding that any child doesn't need to be taught does not happen here. So, that is the first thing. We are, In order to make the child thrive, grow, which is a very critical period of time when the baby is born, you need to make sure the mother is uh, told how to feed the baby. And once that is over and the baby starts growing, uh, we then concentrate on uh, uh, trying to improve the defect even before we do a surgery. We have a pre-surgical technique called the nasoalveolar molding. We start that when the baby is 10 days of age. And then it's followed by the surgeries at different time intervals. We would operate on the cleft of the lip at around three months of age or when the child is five kgs in weight and do the all-important cleft palate repair at about nine to 12 months of age. That's very critical, the timing of the cleft palate repair, because we want to have a functioning palate before the child is able to start speaking. Yeah. And uh, doctor, what can be done to raise awareness about the issue? I think that's a very important thing from what you are saying. I think a lot of the issues, especially the social issues, come from a lack of awareness. So what can we do to raise awareness about it? Yeah, I I think uh, people like you should give us a helping hand on this. I think this is one of the measures that we are taking today. Uh, Tell tell the the general public that this is a very simple birth difference, that there is nothing wrong uh, with with the child or the mother or the way she's behaved, etc. That this is something which is eminently correctable. And these children can lead as normal a life as any other child uh, without this kind of a birth difference. It's possible with the 
attention given to uh, the repair of these uh, difference it's possible to make these children grow up and contribute to the society normally so what is important is uh, for us to, because uh, i have found that even amongst the medical community you know amongst people uh, like the obstetricians or the ultrasonologists who diagnose these conditions even before the baby is born even amongst them we find uh, 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 that that they are ignorant, ignorant about how these things can be treated whether these children can lead normal lives so it is extremely important for us and people in the media to showcase how simple it is to take care of these children how eminently treatable this is and that is the word that needs to be spread either by talks or by showing examples and so on so uh, doctor let's put the shoe on the other foot for a second one of the issues around any obvious condition is the lack of sensitivity of people around the patients as we've already discussed so uh, as common citizens how can we be more empathetic how can we be more sensitive right so uh, there are uh, two issues to this um, uh, one of them is how you deal with someone if you see them on the street or or somewhere else uh, you need to just think that this is another normal human being you know uh, possessing all faculties that human beings have uh, in, in equal measures and is able to converse is able to deal is able to think and analyze like anybody else the other issue here is like we mentioned is that of uh, resources for managing these children we have to understand that in a country like ours which is still lower middle income more than 75% of the parents will not be able to take their child and get them treated at their own cost so that was one of the reasons why there was a pile up of uh, untreated cases earlier on so these three children are today mainly treated uh, in 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 situation like ours with the help of uh, large charity organizations and you you know that a charity organization can deliver only if they can uh, if they can uh, generate enough financial resources so as a responsible citizen i would urge everybody uh, to try and contribute to this cause in whatever form they can in in whatever strength they can so that all these children who would otherwise go untreated get a fair uh, shot at normal life doctor since you mentioned it is is the treatment overall treatment costly it's not very costly in this uh, uh, in our continent at all so all it would cost for example to do a cleft lip surgery uh, uh, being supported by an organization a charity like smile train for example will be something like 30 to 40000 rupees and obviously there are a number of surgeries etc but the overall cost uh, uh, will not be more than a few lakh of rupees from beginning to end yeah it's it's not too expensive uh, if you look at it from a society point of view but from individuals who may be uh, just in or around the poverty line it's going to be quite a task for them to find those resources absolutely so doctor that brings me to my next question tell us about smile train and the work that it does in india yeah Smile Train has been a game changer around the world. Once again, in low and middle income countries, uh, it's a New York-based NGO that was formed in the year 1999 and started working in China to start off with, uh, and then moved over to India in the next year in 2000. So they've been working here since the year 2000 August. And one of the first things they did, you talked about lack of data. They hired the Tata Institute of Social Services in Mumbai to. have a look at the magnitude of the problem and that produced a lot of data that i have been talking to you about 
the number of cases per year, what percentage were being treated, etc. So there was already they 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 formed a database of of the need uh, for treatment in this country. And one of the biggest things they did, cleft treatment happened earlier also in the 25% who could pay for it, or in the form of uh, of uh, people with good nature, good heart coming over from all over the world and trying to help us. However, the major change that Smile Train brought about was to empower local teams. In other words, all around the country, they picked up uh, uh, hospitals and surgical teams and multidisciplinary cleft teams and empowered them, told them, go ahead and treat these patients. So what happened was instead of these kind of activities happening sporadically for a week in a year or so, these became a 24-7, 365 day affairs where people could come in for treatment and be cared for. Uh, and that is how SmileTrain became a game changer. And today, in the last 20 odd years, they have uh, operated around this country with about 175 partners, more than half a million children. That is the magnitude of the change that SmileTrain has brought about. And this has happened in more than 50 countries, but India being uh, uh, populated as much as we are uh, is, is one of the biggest success stories for SmileTrain around the globe. Speaking of magnitude, I actually, when I read your introduction first, uh, I thought uh, I was quite staggered when I read that you have actually either supervised or conducted yourself 45,000 such surgeries yourself. And uh, I initially thought, you know, is that an error? And I went back and checked it. And uh, it was, uh, of course, it's, it's not an error. So what my question is, which is your favorite story from all the work that you have done? The, the most famous uh thing that keeps coming into my mind, the most important thing that keeps coming into my mind are children uh, uh, who, you know, come to us completely malnourished. So this is something that happens uh, quite often uh, in a year that uh, a baby is born, the mother is not told how to feed the child. You know, in any corner of the world, uh, uh, breastfeeding is a natural thing. You know, nobody needs to teach that. But when, as a mother, you can't do it, then somebody has to have that resources to tell them. And this doesn't happen uh, quite sometimes. And then the baby starts shriveling away, you know, withering away. And oftentimes they come at four weeks or eight weeks, you know, completely malnourished. And all we have to do is to admit the baby with the mother, show the mother how to feed the child. And within five days, you know, it starts blooming up. This for me, uh, showing the mother how to feed the baby and seeing the baby grow up time and again, it happens a few times in a year, is something that uh, makes me sleep peacefully every night. It's almost magical, isn't it? Yes, yes. And it, it's a, such a simple thing to do, you know, show you know, the mother how to feed milk. That's all. Yeah. So, Doctor, which brings me to the question I ask every single one of my guests at the end of the conversation. Why do you do this work? Well, it's a, it's a very difficult question to answer. But uh, this is, you know, as doctors, we take so much from the society, you know, and uh, we have to give back to the society. And one of the most important rewards of doing this kind of a work is seeing these children grow up. They come when they're 10 or 20 years old of age, and you have to go back to your computer to see how the child looked, you know. That is Every single time, it's a huge reward, a feeling that you have, irrespective of the odds, 
given something back to the society and 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 to me that matters wonderful dr krishnamurthy thanks so much for coming on the show and telling us about the prevalence of the cleft lip and palate condition and also why it's so important to part the veil of ignorance around it thank you very much uh, mr engineer my last word is that if you listen to this podcast please help the next child you, you might see with a cleft lip or palate contribute to the efforts thank you Thank you all for listening. Please visit allindiansmatter.in that's a double l i n d i a n s m a t e r dot i n for more columns and audio podcasts. You can follow me on Twitter at Ashraf Engineer that's a s h r a f e n g i n w e r and All Indians Count that's a double l i n d i a n s c o u n t. Search for the All Indians Matter page on Facebook. On Instagram, the handle is All Indians Matter. Email me at editor at allindiansmatter dot in. Catch you again soon. <laughs>